Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast, and I am a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call this show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. And there are special interests that are also less than enthusiastic about you knowing about these studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illnesses. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and it has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as some medical schools and hospitals such as the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled The Power of Vitamin D and boy oh boy is it one of my favorite supplements that we talk about. (laughs) Yeah me too. But I think we're going to say some things today that maybe even the average healthcare person doesn't really understand or know. And when you find these things out, you go, holy cow, natural medicine really has something to offer. When, when I looked at the literature, I found that almost every one of the prescription drug submissions, when they were trying to influence a genetic factor, they would influence one genetic factor at a time. And there's 30,000 genes. But trying to influence one factor, maybe it's, maybe it's important, maybe it's not. But did you know that vitamin D controls at least 200 genetic factors? So with one supplement, you can actually influence at least 200 genes. Some scientists say up to 2,000. But then when you say, wait a minute, it also is well known that 80% of all genetic material is on and off switches. So that's like having a room full of on and off switches for your lights and things. And 80% of the, all the walls are, are filled with on and off switches. Just, just picture that for a minute. That's what your genes look like. And, and what can control more than anything else in terms of those genetic on and off switches for disease? vitamin D3. When you think about that, the power of it, and the fact that there's about 36,000 studies that validate the benefit of vitamin D3, why does the FDA not want people to say that vitamin D3 is good for COVID? It's good for a lot of things way beyond COVID, but it just it doesn't get the attention it deserves. And so what's your take? Where, where do you think the system is going wrong? And where do you think we should be pointing to get the system moving in the right direction on this important topic? Oh, that's such a loaded question for me. What really <laughs> shifted my understanding was when I was reading a research study that was saying that every single organ in our body has a receptor to absorb vitamin D. I had this light bulb go off from an evolutionary standpoint. We have evolved as a human species to constantly have vitamin D in circulation in our systems and within the industrial food, industrial agriculture and industrial revolution. We've obviously become more sedentary and more homebound, and COVID has highlighted the the response of isolation. And so there's this conversation that keeps coming up in my head of vitamin D is the sunshine 
vitamin. It is responsible for neurotransmitters, for bone health, for organ function, for a reduction of type 2 diabetes, for heart disease. Like it just goes on and on on all of the influences that vitamin D does in the body. And that there's two different types of vitamin D, I think is a, a common misnomer that we don't really talk about. And I also think if you look at allopathic medicine, they typically set the bar pretty low in how much vitamin D we need in our body versus that of an integrative or a naturopathic model where there's a recognition that every organ is absorbing vitamin D. Yeah, I think that I think you're absolutely right. I remember some of the studies that came out on COVID and doctors were saying, oh, if your levels are 30, that's good enough. And every study that I've seen shows the therapeutic levels are are best when the levels are 50 to 60 nanograms per milliliter. And so you're right, you need a lot because you're using it all the time. You're using it to make bone. You're using it, using it to, to, to help to fend off viruses and, and other pathogens. You're using it to, to control organs like the pancreas that, that influence whether you have diabetes or not. Yeah, vitamin D3 is a very powerful tool and you're right, sunshine's the way to get it. People think that, that you can go out in the sun anytime. No, you have to be in the deepest sun, the deepest, brightest sun from two to three or, or one to three in the afternoon. And the sun has to be at a certain location in the sky. So when, when you're looking from north of the Mason-Dixon line in the States, people in Canada, in northern United States, they have a very hard time getting enough vitamin D because they're because of the weather they're not in the sunshine enough and you need to have 40 or 50 percent of your body exposed without sunscreen on it because if you put sunscreen on you ruin the, the whole process and so i tell people go out let your sun get a little pink maybe 20 30 minutes and then put the sunscreen on to, to protect you from the excess because that's where you can get anywhere from 10 to 20,000 international units of vitamin d just in the sunshine alone but people work and they they can't do that and so the food and the supplements are really the way that most people depend on it so you're the food lady where do we get this vitamin d from yep the food is really it's trickier right because there's not a ton of sources that have a great amount of vitamin d a lot of times we see mushrooms and there's been different produce companies that have played with this of using mushroom complexes as a way of delivering vitamin d3 specifically because you do not get d2 via a supplementation that's coming from food sources and supplements for D3. And so mushrooms are usually one of the best places to get vitamin D3 in our diet. And then the supplementation is probably one of the best places to go. I'm curious, Dr. Charles, what do you typically um, recommend in terms of IUs? Vitamin D3, as you said, is in every cell, but everybody has a different metabolism for overall nutrition, but also for vitamin D3. So some people actually have genetic um, predispositions that don't allow their bodies to absorb vitamin D3 the way that it should be absorbed. So there are tests that can be done. So ask your doctor if you don't think your levels are high enough when they should be 50 or above, in my opinion. If you don't think they're high enough, then get the test, find out what the genetic factors are that are influencing you. So if that happens, then you have to look for different forms of vitamin D3 because there's three or four different ways to get these supplements. And 
I don't really recommend any dose until I say, what are your existing levels? Because if your existing levels are above 60 or 70, you don't need to, you don't need to add any supplements really because you're getting it from the food. You're getting it from the fish you eat and from other sources like mushrooms. But when the flu season comes, we go and get a shot. We go to the doctor and I, I often kid sometimes and, and say to people, that's what a good hypochondriac does. And there are shots that you can get that, that will help people who have this genetic predisposition for not absorbing. And what this shot does is you get, you can get 25,000 international units or 50, you can even get 100,000 international units. This will jumpstart your vitamin D3 receptors and get their attention. So what I have found is this shot that your doctor can give you can overcome some of these genetic predispositions. Then if you take two or 3,000 international units a day and then test in six months and see what your level is, then you'll know whether your vitamin D did get jump-started and whether you're getting up in those 50, 60, 70 levels of nanograms per milliliter. In the flu season, I take five or 10,000 international units every day, always have. And then I test my levels and the highest that's ever gone is 93. And that's what it was the last time I tested it. And I can tell you this, if you have levels of 80 or 90, you're not gonna get the flu. It's, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it's pr pretty darn difficult to get a flu and to get any symptoms if you have vitamin D3 levels at a certain level. Because I haven't found any study that shows that a vaccination of any kind for any flu is as effective as high vitamin D3 levels. So there's something argumentative that if people want to start to, to argue about vitamin D3, there's a, there, I've thrown down the gauntlet on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? I, it sounds like you're a supplement user too. I am a supplement user, especially in the winter months and in the fall months. In the summer, I usually wean back on my supplementation, but that's also because of my location. And I definitely think with the vitamin D3 and supplementation, we're talking seasonal depression. We're talking weight control. We are talking a healthy pregnancy. We're talking depression. We're talking fatigue, chronic fatigue syndromes. There's just so many offshooting symptomologies that can be related with having a vitamin D deficiency. And so I'm in agreement with you that 2000 IUs is really base minimum to me. And if I feel ill at all, or in the winter months and the fall months, when I know things are going around, my son and I both up our vitamin D3 supplementation. And I should say that I don't rely solely on supplementation. I always think that it's important to, especially in this case, get supplements and increase the amount of salmon and fatty fish that you have in your diet and mushrooms because that way you are getting some delivered in a different source than through the supplementation. And you know, one of the magic things uh, about nutrition and, and on supplements, I always say to people, take the food with the supplement. In other words, if, you're, if you want to take antioxidants like vitamin C and vitamin D and things like that, take it with the food that it comes from because a lot of times there's cofactors that aren't in the supplement. So if you eat the food and then take the supplement that the food came from, or the vice versa that the, that the supplement came from, then you're getting all these cofactors. So ideally, if you ate some mushrooms and some fish before you took your vitamin D3, that would be the ideal way to go. That's again, that's a hypochondriac talking and that's, you wanna optimize everything that you're getting. But to me, 
it's worth it to even just think about it, not in terms of flu, but just think about cancer for a minute. Two studies at different medical schools found that high levels of vitamin D3 were able to reduce the risk of breast cancer by 77% and prostate cancer by 83%. And then I thought, wait a minute, is this really being used as a cure for cancer? Because Linus Pauling was talking about using it for using C for colds and flu and C is good for cancer too, but Vitamin D3 seems to be the really magic bullet for cancer. There are some studies here that I pulled up and I use them on my slides when I do these presentations just to make sure people know that this stuff isn't done by a research team in somebody's garage in, in uh, Wisconsin. This one's from the uh, Harvard uh, Medical School. They found that lung cancer survival increased by 47% with high levels of vitamin D3. And then here's the one for lymphoma from the Mayo Clinic. Vitamin D3 increased survival rates by 50%. And uh, this one's from the, the, the Dana-Farber Institute, another really prestigious cancer institute. And this one was for colon cancer. High levels of vitamin D in, increased the survival rate by 48%. So if you have these prestigious clinics and health organizations using vitamin D, to increase the survival rate for cancer patients. And we know that from the previous two studies, you're able to reduce the risk by 70, 77 to 83% for two of the main cancers for men and women. Why wouldn't people take advantage of this knowledge and start to say, I, I, I don't wanna have cancer in my life ever. And so these are, this is something I can do. We actually had one employer in Minnesota that had 10,000 employees. And this employer invested getting vitamin D3 to every employee. And it cost them $374 per employee per year. The return on investment was 24 to one in reduced healthcare costs. And all the healthcare costs that you and I were talking about, the diabetes, the cancer, the heart disease, the, the osteoporosis, these were all healthcare costs that reduced now, this is not a small group. This is a group of 10,000 employees. And they were able to get that return on investment. Why, aren't, why isn't every wellness program in the country supplementing their employees with vitamin D3 with that kind of ROI? If you can answer that question, boy, we've got the magic bullet if we can get people <laughs> to pay attention to this one. It's so, true. Is there anything else that you can... Go ahead. Well, I just, I, I can't, I think it cannot be overstated that like cancer is just one subset that vitamin D is relevant to. We're talking studies that are being published at this point in time monthly on immunity and autoimmune diseases, on muscle regeneration, on bone strengthening, on mental health and well-being, on the gut microbiome, on the list just goes on chronic diseases, on migraines. Literally, there. I think the last time I queried vitamin D and, and within PubMed, there was over a hundred different symptomologies of illnesses that were being impacted by having a vitamin D deficiency. So in, in my mind, there's no reason why not every single person should not be taking vitamin D because of how relevant it is to all physiological systems in the body. 
In the middle of this COVID thing, there's a debate going on because it, it came on quickly and p people were trying to scramble for solutions. And because there was some information being dispensed by natural doctors and, and nutritionists like you and I, the sales of vitamin D and vitamin C and zinc, by the way, went off the shelves. In other words, within two or three weeks of the COVID being announced, people couldn't get vitamin D3 or C or zinc. And it wasn't just the stores in their communities. It was online. Consistently, online providers are saying, we're out of vitamin D, we're out of vitamin C, we're out of zinc. And so somebody knows about this, Aubrey. You don't sell out everybody in the country of, of certain vitamins if you don't have some knowledge of this. So I guess what we're saying is because a certain percentage of the population didn't know about it, and they were able to take advantage of it. And, and then stocks did come back again. That's a good thing. But... In the middle of this, there was a survey that had been developed and a petition that had actually been signed by 175 scientists across the world. These were worldwide experts. And they were basically saying, if you get levels anywhere from four to five to 6,000 international or nanograms per milliliter, you could actually prevent uh, a, a lot of this COVID thing that was going on. And I thought, oh my God, we're going to get finally some publicity on this. Not one word in the national media. Not one word. Now, to me, and I'm just, I'm writing an article on things that went wrong with COVID. And this is one of the ones that went wrong. When 175 scientists say, and doctors say, everybody needs to be taking higher levels of vitamin D3. And, and I didn't see this on one national broadcast. This is, I don't know whether it's criminal negligence or not. Maybe that's overstepping the boundaries, but somebody has to be held accountable for this. This is just not right. And so th this to me was one of the low points of this whole thing about vitamin D3, because it's one thing to say we got a return on investment for an employer. It's quite another thing. A, a study just came out. I got I can't believe it. The, the title is, Vitamin D insufficiently may account for almost nine out of 10 COVID deaths. Yep. Now, I'm sorry. This headline, when I saw it, that was like the most shocking thing. And to think that over 500,000 people died and that 90% of those could have been avoided with just one supplement, vitamin D3, something, somebody has to pay attention and... I don't know. I'm even thinking about writing an article on the reforms needed for the FDA. I know that this is dangerous territory to go in, but you know what? Somebody has to do this. And I think vitamin D3 is the breaking point for me. When they come after practitioners that are promoting vitamin D3 and selling vitamin D3 products and saying that they can't say anything about it being good for COVID, I think that they cross the line. And so to me, I don't know, I don't have a medical license to put on the line, but I have a career to, to put on the line. And, and I want to defend the principles that I've held true to for the last 40 or 50 years. And to me, this is just unacceptable. I'm hoping that our program gets people educated, but I'm hoping that we can also get some movement in the direction of getting some reforms because... There were plenty of, of, of doctors that, that offered testimony to a U.S. Senate hearing about 10 years ago on things like vitamin D3 and, and natural solutions. 
very little change, very little change happened because of all the gridlock that's going on in Washington. So I think it's time for the people to speak up. The scientists have spoken up and we've seen what they've, they've said is needed. And so vitamin D3 might be the one, might be the thing uh, that actually breaks the back of, I'm sorry, big pharma and uh, conventional medicine. We need to pay attention to this because it's costing lives and it's costing us a lot of money in these chronic illnesses that aren't being addressed because of just using vitamin D as an example, one thing that could be rectified. Did I go too far? No, I completely agree because vitamin D, you know, this goes back to some of the original podcasts we had at the beginning where we talked about mitochondrial and cellular function. The reason why vitamin D is so powerful is because it can alter immune system function. And when we look at COVID, when we look at flus, when we look at heart disease, when we look at type 2 diabetes, when we look at cancer, we're talking about attacks to the immune system and the immune system becoming weakened. This is a supplement that can be taken without side effects where you are having a strengthening to your immune function so that your immune system is better able to fight off illnesses, which is ultimately what we keep talking about no matter if we're talking about changing your diet, detoxifying, preventing thyroid illness. It all comes back to how well does my immune system function and vitamin D is the the precursor to that conversation. Yep, we have 10 things that we measure in our immune test that we do with the DHA labs in Chicago. And one of them right up at the top is vitamin D3. And if you uh, don't have levels that are, again, uh, above 50 nanograms per milliliter, then you could probably stand in a, a little improvement in that area. And then we have nine other measures of the immune system. So when people say to me, do people really need the, the vaccination? Yeah, they probably need it now because they've allowed their, their immune system to become so weak. Studies out of Stanford University Medical School, North Carolina University, and the National Cancer Institute all have said that 90% or more of adults in of the United States have a compromised immune system because they're not eating the right diet. And so there, we put it all together. Vitamin D3 is a poster child for this immune thing. But there's a lot of other things people should be doing. And you're right. You hit it with the plant-based diet and the occasional use of certain supplements and herbs and spices. This is the solution to our healthcare crisis. And the sooner we get on to this, maybe we use vitamin D3 as the banner, like we said, to, to raise the flag up a bit for people to pay attention to this. But until we get there, the healthcare system's in trouble. And according to a British economist, we're going to use 100% of our GNP by the year 2065 just on healthcare costs. We can't afford it, and I hope that, that uh, you and I are helping a little bit, and I hope that vitamin D3 is gonna help a lot. Thanks again, Aubrey. Thank you. Here's a few words about our sponsor, Southern Trust Financial Planning. They're really a leading edge financial planning company that not only thinks about the financial well-being of their clients, they also can care about the personalized health of each of their clients, and you can't have wealth without health. And so uh, this is one of the things that they, they know, and, and they're very important uh, in promoting that. Uh, DHA Labs, they're the ones that I have my immune test with. 
And uh, so we've been selling a lot of immune and cancer tests these days because we can help to identify weaknesses in those areas and make sure that we can find these illnesses five to 10 years before they actually appear as diseases because changes happen in your cells. And DHA Labs is one of the only labs that has recognized uh, this factor, that if we can find early cellular deterioration, we can really put a dent in these chronic illnesses and, and probably reverse or prevent uh, probably 90% of them, as you've said before. Paddock Pools is another one of our wonderful sponsors, and they're the ones that have the vacuum extractor to take the chlorine gas off the surface of the pool. And we know that uh, chlorine gas can deplete zinc levels and vitamin D3 levels. And Paddock Pools is helping to promote vitamin D3 levels by getting rid of that chlorine gas. And so that's an important component. And finally, uh, MPB Health. They're a company that's, that's, again, leading edge in terms of having alternatives to health insurance because health insurance is where all these expensive costs are coming from. But because they understand all the things that you and I talk about and they promote all these wellness and prevention tools with their clients. And so if everybody's doing their bit to try to keep these costs down using all this information from our programs and other sources, then they can keep their healthcare costs down by 30 to 40 to 50% sometimes less than what health insurance is now paying. So MPB Health, they're, one of, they're part of the solution and not part of the problem. So thanks again for everybody attending today to listen in on our program. And thanks to Aubrey and thanks to Radio MD for giving us the opportunity to provide uh, this wonderful podcast. Thanks to all and we'll see you the next time around.